0: Forgiven because you were forsaken, I'm accepted.
1: Wonderful! How is everyone? Are you good? Well, happy Palm Sunday to you all. We are excited about it. Did everybody get your palm? Because you're going to use it this morning. Everybody got one? Anybody need one? Does anybody need one? Because the first song, we're going to require it. So let's stand and let's welcome the Lord in this morning and then we're going to praise Him. Okay? All right. Would you guys join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your presence here this morning. We thank that you have been here since the sun came up. And before that, you've never left. So, Lord, we welcome your spirit here. We ask you to be here this morning as we're getting ready to lay out our worship for you, Jesus. This is about you. It's about you coming in and taking over this service, Lord, and taking over our hearts and our minds. Just let us kind of put things aside and focus on who you are and how mighty you are and that you are our Savior. And Lord, I'm so grateful that we can come to you directly, that you've made that path for us to be able to approach you. So Lord, as we get ready to sing songs of worship about you, I pray, Father, that you will take over, that your Holy Spirit will descend on us that, Lord, that you will clear our hearts and minds, and we will get excited about who you are and the fact that we get to worship you in public, that we are allowed to worship our precious Savior. So, Lord, we love you. This is all for you. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. amen. Get your palms ready. Here we go. You are going to have a workout this morning, did you? (laughs) You guys are going to have good arms. (laughs) Well, let me just read the scripture about what happened this week of Palm Sunday. It's super exciting, and we should still be excited, right? Amen? All right, so it says... In Mark 11, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here, and if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it, and he'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied out outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? And they said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others spread out leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, praising God, praise God. Blessings on those who come in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. Can you imagine what it was like that day when they did that? And that they laid their garments, the only thing on their backs, out for him to, to walk across. Are we laying out our garments for Jesus this morning? Let's just lay them all out there. So what I want you to do is stand up, and I want you guys to greet the people around you and say good morning. Welcome them in. If they're new, please make them feel welcome. We're excited you're all here today.
2: Sweet sound, a sweet sound. You can be seated. If we've got kids still in the worship space here. You are dismissed to go with Miss Tracy for your special time down the hall. We love our kids, amen? K to 5 can go with Miss Tracy for kids' time down the hall. Happy Palm Sunday to you kiddos and to everyone else. Good to be in God's house together this morning, Amen. I think on my right, your left, on the end seats, there might be a clipboard with a little sign-in thing. We're going to just pass those down through the aisle, give us your name, and especially any contact information that's new within the last year, two, three, four, five, something like that. And uh, as I give some announcements and as we prepare to receive the morning tithes and offerings, as a matter of fact, you can pass that down and uh, give us your name, and if you uh, have some new contact information, new email address, new cell phone number, new mailing address, mm-hmm. I jot that in there. We'll do that for a few weeks, and that'll help us get that uh, directory up to date. And if you're here today for the first time, we would love your name and any contact information that you'd like to give us. You could do it on that sign-in sheet, or you could look around and grab one of those welcome cards. And let us know you're here with us today, and we're really glad you are, and hope that you'll come back. Amen? Here's a few announcements before we receive our offering. This is Holy Week. Now, Palm Sunday back home, it's probably 75, sunny. The trees are blooming. Now, actually, I got a text from our youngest daughter in Pennsylvania. It's snowing there, so I think it might be cold back east. Anyway. Uh, Holy Week this week, and I uh, I hope that we'll all take some extra time to just fix our eyes and our minds on Jesus and walk through this Holy Week with Him. Amen? We have the opportunity this coming Saturday, uh, 4 to 7, right here in this space, to uh, share in that Seder meal. There's some details there in your uh, Sunday morning handout, including some details about uh, kids' care that we're offering during that time. The Seder meal is a Passover meal, and uh, we have a wonderful Messianic Jewish rabbi that's going to walk us through exactly what all that means, not just for what it meant through the centuries, but for what it came to mean and be fulfilled in the person of Jesus. I wouldn't miss that Saturday evening. In fact, as you pass those sign-up sheets along, if you put a little S next to your name and let us know you're going to be here... That will help us plan. Uh, Check out, again, that Sunday morning uh, handout. Uh, We've still got some need for food there. But that's going to be a beautiful time together. Saturday evening happens to be the beginning of Passover. What better time to share a Seder meal together than that? So uh, Easter next Sunday. uh, Think about someone that perhaps you could invite to come with you on that uh, great celebration of Christ's resurrection. Board elections, uh, delegates to the district assembly elections, April 24, details again in that handout this morning. Youth group tonight, prayer meeting on Wednesday evening, uh, lots of groups meeting around here that I uh, have come to know, and uh, we'd love for you to get connected in one of those. We're going to try to get all of those in that Sunday morning handout, but you'll see a few of them there. would love to have everyone connected outside of this Sunday morning time together. I think that's it. Have I forgotten anything? Lori, Kelly, Scott, is my mom listening? Have I forgotten anything, mom? We're going to receive the morning tithes and offerings. I thought of something that the Apostle Paul said in his second letter to the Corinthians. If I can find that passage, seems appropriate on this Sunday leading into Holy Week in collecting uh, an offering for needy saints in Jerusalem. Paul says this in the midst of all that, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that through you his poverty might become rich. That's the word of the Lord. Let's pray together before we receive this offering. Thank you, God, for the many ways you've given to us. Lord Jesus, we thank you especially for the sacrifice you made on our behalf. Father, Lord Jesus, everything we give is in gratitude for what you've done and given to us, including this offering this morning. We give it to you with cheerful, grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice fill the same old life If you are trying to fill the same holes inside well, There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker King savior you got chain
1: comforting to know that he will take it, and then he'll turn it, and he will use it and make it beautiful. Amen? I got some. Anybody else? There you go. All right. We're not alone. Let's continue to worship. change a bulb. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, right? That's okay. That's what he's there for. He pours into us. He pours into us and he refreshes us. He's a living water, right? That's right. Sometimes I need to change a bulb and that's okay. I love how he takes care of us. He chases us down. He leaves the 99. To come and find you. That's reckless. That is a reckless love right there. He will chase you down. He will part the Red Sea for two million people to walk through. I don't think I could hold it back for one. Right? He just goes to the end of the earth for you. And that makes me feel really good that He would chase me that hard. And that's how much he loves you too. loving us that hard. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that every single heart in this room will know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You have a plan for each life here, a kingdom plan, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will release that in them, that they will trust you and believe you for it, and know that you came here specifically to say their name. We thank you, Jesus.
3: I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all. Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still be Jesus. Paid
4: going to go to the lord in prayer there are altars up front here and i would like to invite anyone to come forward there's something that's heavy on your heart someone who is uh, you're carrying a great burden for something that you're just struggling i just invite you to come forward and kneel at these altars during this time of prayer and just bring that offering to the lord he will meet you at your point of need if you're comfortable standing, please stand. If you're comfortable sitting, please sit. If you want to kneel right there at your chair, you can do that too. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we thank you so very much for filling this place with your presence. We thank you, Lord, for each and everyone that is here today. We thank you, Lord, for meeting us at our point of need. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we have to come together as a church family to worship you. And we want to worship you, Lord, with all of our heart, mind, and soul today. We love you, Lord. And we are able to love you because you first loved us. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for paying the debt that we could not pay. Father, you paid that for us through Jesus. And we are thankful. We are thankful, Lord, that we do not have to live a life of sin. But, Lord, we can live a life of righteousness because of Jesus' death on the cross. And we worship you and we thank you today. And, Father, I just want to lift up um, our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine Lord, we grieve for them. We um, lift them up and pray, Father, that you will stop this conflict. We pray, Lord, that you will give them strength, Lord. We pray that you will hold them and comfort them as they grieve. And, Father, we just pray for our brothers and sisters there. And, Lord, we pray for others who are grieving, others who are struggling, struggling. Those, Father, who are seeking you and seeking your will and guidance, Father, we lift them up to you, and we pray for them. And we pray, Lord, that as we enter into this very special week, holy week, Father, we just pray that you will draw us up close to you. Father, we want a close and intimate relationship with you, and you want that with us as well. We just pray that this week can be a time of drawing nearer to you. And, Father, we pray that you will help us to forgive others, Lord, because we know that you forgive us, and we are grateful for that. And, Father, we just pray that you'll help us to be your body this week. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us, Father, to encourage others Help us to shine your light upon very dark situations. Father, we just pray that you will just um, open our eyes, open our ears, open your word. As we open up your word today, speak to us, we pray. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Lord is good, Amen. Thank the Lord for Jesus. I'm not going to preach a Palm Sunday message as such today. And when I look back through all the years of Palm Sundays, I um, move fairly quickly to that triumphal from that triumphal entry to the cross. On Palm Sunday. It seemed as if that uh, praise parade, as I like to call it, was short-lived, and I think Jesus' attention was um, on the cross. When I did preach a Palm Sunday message through the years, I'd often go to that account of the triumphal entry in Luke 19, and I thought about that again today on the heels of that praise parade and shouts of Hosanna, Jesus got to a place in that processional where uh, above the city of Jerusalem, there was a turn in the road and the city came into view. And at that turn, Jesus looked out over the city and he wept. It's always struck me. Crowds uh, praising God and Waving palms and shouting Hosanna. And Jesus wept. Because he looked down on that city and he knew what was coming. The destruction of that city in just years from that day. And because of his love for his people, though that would be the city in just a matter of days where he would be crucified, Jesus wept. What would we do without the love of Jesus in our hearts and lives? Amen? And a little bit of a side note. Once in a while in life, I've been angry at people. Anybody else or is it just me? Angry. Frustrated. And years ago, somehow, God uh, spoke through this passage, and I began to pray for the kind of love that would turn my anger and frustration into sadness. And somehow that's helped. Does that make sense? Thought about that just now as I looked at that passage in Luke 19. Anyway, it's good to sing praise today, amen. In that same passage in Luke, uh, the Pharisees were jumping Jesus' case saying, hey, get these disciples quiet. This is, this is not right. And Jesus said those well-known words, if they don't uh, praise God, the rocks are going to cry out. I'm glad no rocks had to cry out this morning, man. You guys did a good job. Hey, um, Scott, can you bring up the lights out here a little bit more? I always like to see you guys. Yeah, there you go. And you can read your Bibles now, too, which we're going to turn to in just a bit. We've been celebrating a promise of God every Sunday morning. I'm going to have Scott jump out of the sound booth. We appreciate Scott and his youth ministry here and what he does in the tech department, too, right? He's going to share a promise live this morning. I think I have memorized that Max Lucado quote. The promises of God are like... Pine trees and the Rocky Mountain of Scripture, abundant, unbending, and perennial. I love that. And every Sunday while we're here, Lord willing, we're going to celebrate a promise. What you got for us this morning, Scott? All right. That's a good quote. I love that quote. Uh, my promise
5: comes from out of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. That that he will make your path straight is the, the mm. promise I've been holding to um, pretty much for the last few months, and especially with our our family as well. It's just something that we've been able to cling to, and and definitely a promise I would encourage other people to, but it's a little bit easier said than done to to not lean on your own understanding, mm. but once you see that happen, you can see the fruit of that, once you see Once you do that and acknowledge Him in all things, you start to see those paths being straightened Mm. before you, Mm. and something that that just I've been able to cling to over the last few months, and in in tough times and good times, and so we've been we've been grateful for what God has been doing um, for us through us in us in, in this time.
2: Amen. Good word. Good promise. Thank you, Scott. Today I wrap up a little mini-series focused on our calling, calling, my friend. Every one of us are those fishermen by the Sea of Galilee, are those tax collectors in the, the streets of a town that have been called to follow Jesus, praise be to his name. And there are three great calls. That first Sunday we took up our call to God, call to God himself to worship and to pray To know Him intimately and experientially, to be in relationship with Him, to share life with Him. I'm looking at Bernard over here who in our Friday morning Bible study reminded us of just how important that is, to just know God. And really everything else flows from that. Last Sunday we took up our second great call, our call together, doing what we're doing here this morning sharing life together, uh, sharing the journey uh, together. Anybody read my word of encouragement that went out in an email this past Wednesday? A few of you did. If you haven't circled back to that, Ecclesiastes 4, which is often a wedding text, came to mind as I reflected back on the message last Sunday. Two are better than one. They have a good return for their work, etc., etc. And one of the uh, benefits of uh, doing life together is you get uh, more accomplished together. You can can share the load together. And I told you that I would uh, tell you the end of a uh, story that kind of unfolded in the church parking lot on Tuesday. You remember that real windy day on Tuesday? I mean, the wind was blowing 90 miles an hour that day, and I just finished a walk with our district superintendent, Dr. Askren, and he took off down Evergreen Heights Drive with his little dog, Tavish, and I uh, turned into the church parking lot with our dog, Millie. And uh, suddenly I heard something behind me, and I turned around, and it's the church dumpster coming after Millie and I. I mean, it had blown right out of that pocket, and it was heading towards us about 20 miles an hour. And Millie abandoned me and ran for the parsonage. I'm like this. I managed to get the thing to stop, but there was no way I was pushing that back up the hill, and I had to call to my friend uh, Dr. Ashton to come and have helped me, and the two of us got it back in place, and it was a reminder to me that sometimes you just can't do it alone, right? We're called together. Well, this morning, the third and final great call, called to go. If you've been around the church any length of time, I'm guessing, you're guessing what my text might be this morning. It's a text where the word go clearly shows up. Any guesses? Matthew 28, my fellow pastor, came to my rescue. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28. I'll do the same at verse 16. We have given this uh, section of Matthew's gospel the name the Great Commission. At verse 16, then the 11 disciples, 12 minus Judas, went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I find that striking every time I read it. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, praise be to his name. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, testimony to the fact that they have come to saving faith, but making disciples doesn't stop there. Jesus goes on and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And that's a lifelong deal. And speaking of promises, here's a great one. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now that will preach that passage. Amen? And think about this. Because believers have gone, the gospel has been heard and believed around the world. Today in the church of the Nazarene alone, the gospel is being preached And disciples are being made and compassionate ministry is being offered in more than 160 countries around the world. Just in our little denomination. Kelly prayed for the people of Ukraine. Lord willing, next Sunday we're going to take a special offering for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. And just to bring this whole uh, going home, 12 men, they replaced Judas with Matthias soon after Jesus' ascension. Twelve men said yes to the call to go, and they made disciples, who in turn said yes to the call to go, who themselves made disciples, and so on, down through the centuries, and that's why 2,000 years later, here we are, you and me, worshiping God, hearing His Word, rejoicing in the good news of Jesus and leaving this service today, I pray, determined to follow him. Quick stand-up survey this morning. I was known for these back in Gaithersburg. I want you to stand this morning if someone, some person, a Sunday school teacher, a parent, a pastor, a friend, if someone was instrumental in your coming to a saving faith in Christ. If that's true, to stand. Someone. A parent, Sunday school teacher, friend. Look at this. You may be seated. Will you be that someone for someone else like someone was for you? That's our call. Back to this passage in Matthew 28. I'm not going to use that as my preaching text this morning. How do you like that? Exactly because that's the one you'd guess I'd use. And I don't want you to think that this passage is the only place that we're called to go. And because we may tend to associate that passage and that call to go with missionaries and mission trips, mostly to other countries, If we had a Mission Sunday here, uh, this would be the text, I'd almost guarantee it. So I've chosen another text, one of the many places that remind us that we are called to go, that we've been commissioned, that we have been called to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And I want us to see this morning what that going, that commission looks like for most of us. So Still have your bibles there turn to Luke's gospel the 13th chapter Luke's gospel the 13th chapter I'm going to turn with you and we'll begin reading at the 18th verse Luke 13:18 then Jesus asked What is the kingdom of God like what shall I compare it to It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew, became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. That too is the word of the Lord. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God, the place where his will is done, where his uh, love wins the day, where God is made known. And Jesus uh, told simple stories to illustrate, to explain, to help folks understand just what the kingdom of God looked like. Jesus wanted people who were willing to hear to understand the kingdom of God. And uh, a bit of a side note, notice that Jesus spoke their language. He used things that were familiar to them in his teaching and in his conversations so that they could understand. And we should too. Amen? I remember the first couple of years of my preaching ministry, I had to get past some of those long seminary words I had learned because nobody knew what they meant. I'm not even sure I knew what they meant. That's important to understand as we go. When we hear called to go, we likely think travel, point A to point B. And uh, literally going will definitely be a part of that call. But it won't often mean halfway around the world for most of us. It will certainly mean across the street to that neighbor, across the hall to that fellow student, across socioeconomic lines, across color lines. It will certainly mean bridging languages and cultures. It may even mean overcoming hurts and fears. But going will include a recognition that we have a mission, every one of us, that we've been commissioned, that we have a purpose in this world and in our little corner of it. And we haven't hired pastors to do the going for us, although us pastors need to go too. Going isn't just for missionaries, it's all of us. And it's accomplished in ways that perhaps we would not have thought of. And that's why I like Luke 13 in this text. What is the kingdom of God like, Jesus asked, remembering That the kingdom of God comes through you and me. Jesus says it's like a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? There it is. That's small, the smallest of all seeds, Jesus said. In another parable, Jesus likens our faith to the smallest of seeds. But that small seed, when planted, produces a tree big enough for birds to nest in, and that still amazes me that you can put a seed, stick it in the ground, put a little water and sunshine on it, and before you know it, it's crazy, right? But this is our Father's world. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like yeast. Any bakers in the house this morning? Raise your hand in testimony. If you are and you're a successful baker, please see Kelly after the service today. (laughs) Now, before you think I threw her under the bus, my Kelly is a great cook and a great baker, but this high-altitude stuff has gotten us so far. we got to get past that. I don't know. Anyway, if you're a baker... Uh, you know that you don't put a lot of yeast in a batch of dough. just takes a little bit, but that little bit makes a big difference. If you wonder how much, just leave it out of something that's supposed to have it. And that yeast isn't going to do the batch of dough any good if it stays in that little packet or if it isn't mixed well or if you don't give it some time to rise as I think about it, seeds take time as well. We're beginning to see the parallels. My friends, every day, everywhere, for every one of us, it's the mustard seeds of faith, it's the pinch of yeast, it's the small acts of kindness, the encouraging word, the unexpected gift given spoken, done in Jesus' name that makes the difference, that brings the kingdom that God uses in big forever ways. In the checkout line at Safeway, on the sidelines of a soccer field, across the table at lunch, in the break room at the office. When you and I wake up every day reporting for duty. When we go with God's purpose in mind, when we recognize that wherever people are, there is opportunity to love, to be a neighbor, to meet a need, to make a difference, we'll see a difference. And so many of you could testify to that today. I've heard your stories. You're doing that. You're on mission. You're going Back uh, in Maryland, pre-COVID, we had the opportunity to serve breakfast as a church to the Watkins Mill High School football team every Saturday. Uh, After their Friday night game, they would review films and debrief and uh, look ahead to the next Friday night game. And we were invited to come in through uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes to serve a, a good breakfast, and they gave us the opportunity to speak had a Christian football coach, and I had the opportunity once to do that it 's kind of an unusual uh, experience to be looking at uh, thirty or forty uh, varsity and j v football players and and I remember that day that I spoke, I had them uh, pick up a little acorn it was fall, and I had picked them up on the grounds of the church and I handed one to each one of them and they asked what it was, and I told them what it was if they didn 't know. And, and that it would come into play when I spoke here in a few minutes. And when I got up to speak after that breakfast, I had them all take that acorn. And I held mine up and I, and I said, okay, guys, what is this? And I said, oh, it's an acorn. I said, no, it's an oak tree. That little bit of faith for any one of us, God can take. And just do something extraordinary through it. And that, Jesus said, is what the kingdom of God is like. I say, let's go. Let's keep going until Jesus comes. Amen? We will have some planned ministries and events as a church that will give us opportunities to reach out, to serve the community, to make our facilities available to others and and those are great things. Kelly and I have uh, played pickleball now for three weeks in this very uh, place where I was uh, singing praise to God. I'll be returning to serve here on uh, Thursday about uh, noon. And it's been great. It's been a great way to uh, meet people in the community. We must have met two, three dozen people that we didn't know before we started doing that. And I'm so glad for Jim and Cindy and this church for making this space available to them. I love what our Thursday morning women's Bible study is going to begin to do this month. Take that Bible study and those hymns and that prayer time and their love to a local nursing home once a month. I think that's awesome. I've heard about the drive-in movie night that you all did in the church parking lot. Project that movie up on that back wall and that just sounds great. I have a friend and colleague lives in Columbus, Ohio. He Retired from his church about the same time we did uh, ours, and uh, for years that church had open gym basketball for some young men in the community that didn't have a church, and they started that on a Wednesday night, then moved it to a Sunday afternoon and added a little devotional time on the front end of that, and a meal afterwards, and the guys from the community just came in by the dozens when uh, Dennis and his wife Cheryl retired from that That church, they ended up staying with that open gym basketball time and actually formed a church that the district is supporting. It's going to be meeting in another facility in the community. It's the basketball church. I think that's awesome. All of that stuff is great. And that's all part of recognizing and responding to God's call to go. In fact, we should put the go in everything that we do in an organized, planned way in the church. We should keep the circles open, inviting folks to come with us to that Bible study, to that youth group, to our Easter Sunday service, to that Seder meal, to movie nights. But here's the reality. Ninety percent of our opportunities to share the gospel, to bring the kingdom of God, to reach out, will come in everyday ways, every day, for every one of us. As I read the Gospels a few years ago, it struck me that many of Jesus' miracles and much of his ministry happened on the way in unplanned ways. Look at that. The blind man by the side of the road as Jesus went from this village to the next to preach. The woman at the well, and on it goes. In fact, go back to the Great Commission passage in Matthew 28, because the tense of the verb go could as easily be translated as you go. Was Jesus saying that day, hey guys, as you go, all along the way, in unplanned opportunities, make disciples, share the good news. Peter would say it later, be ready to give an account for the hope that you have. You don't have to schedule a mission trip or organize an outreach event. The key to going is recognizing, believing that we're on a mission every day. It's a mission of mercy. A mission of love, a mission to live out and speak, God's gospel truth that frees and protects and preserves all that's good in this life. When we believe that, when we're available, when like Isaiah of old, we say, "Here am I, Send me." Then our lives, the way we work, the way we study. The respect we show, the love we have, the truth we live by becomes seed, becomes yeast, becomes salt, becomes light. The third great call is to go. And it wasn't just for those first 12 disciples. It's not just for the clergy or missionaries or for two weeks in another country. That call to go is for every last one of us every day. I love my times alone with God. I really do. I'm borderline introvert, so the alone part of that is really important to me. I love my times of worship, like here this morning with you. I love to worship God. But there comes a time to go. Isaiah was in the temple worshiping God when the call went out, and he said, here am I, send me. Paul and Barnabas were with the church in Antioch worshiping the Lord and fasting when God said set them apart to go. After Jesus ascended before the eyes of the disciples, Acts chapter 1, do you remember? They stood there looking into heaven and two angels had to come along and say, hey, he's coming back. It's time to leave. It's time to go and get busy. I love time alone with God. I love times together with my church family eating together with glad and sincere hearts. We're called together, but it doesn't end here. We can't be satisfied with preserving what we already have. We can't be satisfied that our kids are saved and in the fold. We've got to look beyond the fellowship of the church to be like Jesus, to seek and to save what was lost. I'm winding down if you're wondering. I feel long in this WLC stint. I know you've seen pictures of our granddaughter. This is a picture of our grand dog. That's Charlie, Charlie Brown Christmas. That's our younger daughter, Abby. Um, Charlie is a rescue. You know, we all are. Every one of us. Abby uh, worked at KC Rescue in Kansas City, Missouri, while her and her husband, Jared, were in seminary there five, six years. And she had an office on the second floor with a window, and she'd look out on the streets of Kansas City near KC Rescue. And uh, for several days, maybe a couple of weeks, she saw this dog running the streets of KC. KC. He would run up to people, and they would either pet him or ignore him and run off. And she watched him for a couple of weeks, I think. And then one day, she was on uh, the phone to her big sister, Rebecca, back in Ohio. And she had been telling uh, Rebecca about this dog that she saw running the streets and wondering if maybe she ought to go uh, get him. And that particular day, she was on the phone to Rebecca and uh, Charlie, Uh, came in view, and she told Rebecca, and Rebecca said, Abby, you have to go get him. You've got to go get him and take him home. And she did. And Abby and Charlie are inseparable. And Charlie's a happy camper. In a good home where he's loved. And that's our call. I can hear the Father say to us today. Hey, go get them. Go get them. Amen. As in all things, Jesus is our example. In the fullness of time, the Father said to the Son, Go. And he came. And the Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. The cries of a baby in that little town of Bethlehem, born in a cattle stall, grew in wisdom and stature. The time came for him to begin his ministry. He taught, he preached. He healed. He loved. And finally gave himself for us on that cross. Jesus is our example. He came. We're called to go. Will you? Our going, our sharing the good news of the gospel, our living that out, uh, really needs to be a want to. Got to thinking about that. Do you think Jesus just came because he had to? He came because he loved the world so much. I don't have that kind of love in and of myself. I just don't. But God has given that to me, and I want him to give that to me more and more. And we come back to the same place we've come back to in every message in this uh, called series. The need for us to be available, offered up as living sacrifices, filled with his spirit. And the fruit of that spirit is love that will compel us to say yes to the call to God, yes to the call together, yes to the call to go amen and invite our worship team to come back lori's picked just a beautiful song it will be new to you perhaps and we may just enjoy it today but it will be an opportunity for each of us to continue to let god speak to us today it will be our opportunity to say yes or no to this call the call to go Yes or no to that call together. Yes or no to that call to God Himself. We've been called, friends. That's awesome. The God of the universe, the Lord of heaven and earth, has called you, Kendra. You, Isaac. You, Mike. You, Sherry. You, Beverly. Each of us. He's called us. Will we say yes? As we hear this song, let's uh, let the Lord speak let's respond to him. Let's not just hear a sermon. Let's not just sing songs. Let's not just sit through a service and then and go back to life as normal. Let's say yes to him, perhaps anew today. And be about the greatest thing that this world has ever or will ever see. Amen. God, continue to speak. We acknowledge you here. We seek your face. We wait on you. We do it in Jesus' name, trusting you. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. you ever ask God me? Yes you. On that night before the cross in that priestly prayer John 17 Jesus said to the Father as you sent me into the world I have sent them into the world. It's unbelievable but it's true. Today I send you be Christ's hands and feet, his eyes and ears. To be the word become flesh for people who may never read the Bible. You may be the only one they ever read. The service isn't ending. It's just beginning. Because we're sent. Called to go today. Go in the power of his spirit and be Jesus to this world that needs him. Go in peace. God bless you.
6: Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around but never looking up, I'm so double-minded. A plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided. Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh Jesus, friend of sinners. Break our hearts for what breaks you What we're for, only what
3: we're against when we judge the wounded. What if we put down our signs, crossed the?